How the Awful Dungeon Master Absolutely Loves Anime This story was submitted by Austin. Thank you. First, some backstory. I hate D&D 5e. From the restrictive mechanics to the bullcrap lore that contradicts literally decades of lore that has been built, and to be fair, a lot of the contradictions started in 4e. I loathe the 5.0e system with every fiber of my body. I'm an OG player, and I've played everything from the original D&D up to 5e, and 3.0-3.5e is my favorite. Pathfinder is a close second. But a few weeks ago I decided, hey, I can't really say I hate something if I don't try it, right? And joined up with some folks to play D&D 5e. This was a bad decision. Don't get me wrong, Tom, Dave, and Shelby are great to play with, but the DM is, uh, and the setting? Just keep listening. The party consists of the following level 5, now level 6 PCs. Player names are changed for privacy. My Dragonborn Paladin Arkrath, Oath of the Crown. I play him very traditionally. He's lawful good, hates evil beings, and especially loathes evil dragons and demons, devils, or fiends. Dave's Halfling Barbarian Gar, Totem. Chaotic good, raised by wolves, is not very civilized. Tom's Human Fighter Maximus, Battlemaster. Lawful neutral, ex-soldier. Shelby's ex-ranger Vashadan, Horizon Walker, chaotic good. Sasuke, the weeaboo DM. Ex-party members are Mike's demon bard fighter rogue warlock sorcerer Vagaris. He killed himself in character and player left the group. Details below. Chaotic stupid, loves to start crap. Player's a good guy, character was an a-hole. Sarah's human sorcerer Luxana. Lux's player only wanted to blow up. Didn't want to talk to anyone or do anything except fireball. We call her Megumin, for obvious reasons. Chaotic good, player had no idea what she was doing, but it was fine. We accommodated her, until her player left after realizing that D&D is not kill kill murder kill all the time. Okay, so that's the party. And the title is a reference to Dan Machi. Also, it should be noted that before we made our characters, we knew nothing about the setting we were playing in. It was a fight just to get Sasuke to tell us what level to make our characters. We did not know if we were doing a good versus evil, or evil versus good, or a sandbox campaign. We didn't know if it was a module or a homebrew campaign. We didn't know if the physical setting was official or homebrew. It was like pulling teeth to get any information out of Sasuke before session zero. We finally learned that we were starting at level 5, with the basic gear for a level 1. I'm not kidding. And it was a completely custom setting and story. And please, don't be evil. That is all we were told. I asked if Unearthed Arcana was okay, since it's 5e playtest, and Sasuke, after three days, said sure. And to quash any, well, you're just upset because you can't power game crap, I would gladly give up my tunnel fighter fighting style and my sentinel feet and be forced to take the two ASIs if Sasuke would get his crap together. So, here we go. Session 1, Calm Before the Storm. We began coming to the main town of Orario, and we get some backstory. Turns out the town has a dungeon tower, familias of different gods, oh, and hell and heaven are connected to the mortal plane by tunnel-like connections. Portals, really, but that's only because D&D doesn't have wormhole mechanics in 5e. Heaven works basically exactly like it does in Final Fantasy XIII, and hell is split into three factions. Two I don't remember, and one being the Great Tomb of Nazarick, run by Ainz Oal Gaon. Yes, this is what we're dealing with. Still, I have played and run anime-inspired games, so it's not too bad. We get to the sign-up station for the Adventuring Guild, taken straight out of Konosuba, and we had to wait in line. Uh, okay, neat. Arkrath and Gar also meet Vagaris, a demon, who does not believe in the gods, despite having a celestial patron. I am not kidding. Vagaris was making trouble cussing at the officials and generally being an a-hole. 
But I have the noble background, so I should be able to push my weight around and get to the front faster because noble, right? Nope. Turns out only the nobles in Orario matter, and everyone else is worthless. No one cares about the nobles from outside the city, making my background useless outside of the free 25 GP. So, my background is useless. Me and Gar's player, Dave, protest this, and Sasuke shrugs and basically tells us too bad. Gar then does some acrobatics to impress the guards, and we're let through. Yes, my noble blood was useless, but some flips and spins from a halfling got us in. We eventually get signed up and get our character sheets, in-game a la Konosuba and in session 1. Me and Dave are a bit put off, but hey, a rocky first session run by a guy who's new to the DM's chair is not a new thing, and maybe it'll get better. Session 2. Could we have been wrong? Session 2 sees us entering the dungeon where we meet up with Vashidan and Luxana, and continue on. We fight a couple things, a boar and mud monster being the only mentionable ones, and my sentinel feat allows us to run past the mud monster to level 2. Vashidan uses his fine portal ability to guide us toward the end of the dungeon, and we find an abandoned town, in the middle of the blizzard currently raging around us. Yes, a town in the dungeon, based on Danmachi, and it is not in a safe zone. It didn't make sense to me either. We break into a house and use it for shelter to ride out the storm, burning the furniture inside it in the fireplace. Our party finds a scroll case and Gar, being, well, Gar, opens it up and reads it. It is dark speech, demon language, and Gar's eyes go black for a second before I snatch the scroll away and toss it in the fire. Arkrath, knowing enough about religion to recognize the dark speech, acts on a hunch. And I will admit, I metagamed a little bit here but kept it in character and used his divine senses to sniff out any demons, devils, or fiends in the area. Of course, Vigaris lights up, that's to be expected, but Gar also lights up and Arkrath knows Gar is no being from the lower realms, so Arkrath uses his channel divinity and taunts the demon into coming out and fighting. Sasuke begged and pleaded with me not to do it because the demon is too strong for your party. Keep in mind, we were all level 5 and I was min-maxed to all hell, or as much as I could be with piss-poor stats I rolled up. I could feasibly do 4d8, 1d8 from Warhammer, 2d8 from Divine Smite, plus 1d8 Divine Smite against Demon, plus 2d6 Searing Strike, plus Strength Mod damage in one attack, because of Divine Smite and Searing Strike, so this had to be a big demon. All of us except for Mike would not back down, claiming, and rightfully so, that all of this was acting in character, and I had every right to call out the demon. If we died, we died. No one was upset at me, since I was not metagaming that they knew. Again, I was sort of metagaming, but keeping it 100% in character. Long story short, the devil came out and was immediately beaten into a bloody pulp. Gar actually ripped its throat out with her teeth. We continued on and eventually teleport back to town. All in all, a damn good session and nothing to complain about. Then we get to Session 3, Slaves, and apparently our barbarian can't break a lock. Session 3 sees us back in town and we accidentally got ourselves into a slave auction. The exact slave shop from Rising of the Shield Hero. Arkrath being lawful good does not like this. Maximus being lawful neutral does not like this. Gar being Gar does not like slavers. Arkrath lets out a deafening roar, nat 20 on intimidate, and says, Bring me your boss or I'm cracking everyone's skulls. Nine guards jump us instantly, but I had used my bonus action after roaring to settle into a defensive position. I activated my tunnel fighter fighting style, and as they approached us, I got to smack every one of them dealing enough damage to drop them all before they could do anything more than cough. I felt like a badass. Tunnel Fighter allows you to use a bonus action on your turn, so that until your next turn, you no longer use your reaction to make opportunity attacks. It's not broken on its own, but when you combine it with Sentinel and Mage Slayer? The boss comes out, and Arkrath, Gar, and Maximus make short work of him, 
though he escapes before we can apprehend him. Okay, neat little adventure hook. I can dig it. Except, spoiler alert, it's never brought up again. After the guards and boss are taken care of, we move to freeing the non-hostile slaves. There's a bunny girl in one of the cages, and since Gar is still raging, Dave decides to punch the lock off the chain, cause raging barbarian. Dave rolls a 21. Good, right? I mean, hey, locks are DC 15 to pick them, and chains have a DC 20 to break them, right? Well, Sasuke rolled for the DC and got a 23. Yes, you read that right. Sasuke rolled for the difficulty check for something that is not a contested roll. Now, this was not the first time he had done it, but it was definitely the most egregious. See, Dave and I had already called Sasuke out on this back in session 1. He said he would stop. He did not. So, I looked up the DC to break a chain or lock, and found the DC 20 strength check to break chains. Sasuke said, okay, we'll do it again, and we thought that meant, okay, we'll use the actual rules. Go ahead and roll again. So, Dave rolled and got a 16, which is not high enough, and then Sasuke rolled again for the damn DC. He got a 26 this time. Now, since only mine, Dave, and Tom's characters were there, the others could not really protest it, because no metagaming, and Sasuke used that to his advantage. Well, they, Sarah, Shelby, and Mike did not say anything against it, so it's just you three that have an issue with it. We bickered back and forth, and got him to say he would stop rolling after about 15 minutes of fighting about it. Spoilers, he did not stop. We get back to the Adventurer's Guild and are told that if we want to go back into the dungeon, and further the plot, we have to join a Familia Danmachi. Our choices are Hephaestus, Goddess of the Forge, Hestia, Goddess of Hearth and Home, Take Mikazuchi, Warrior God of Battle and Honor. Arkrath explains that he already serves a god, Bahamut, the Platinum Dragon God King, and that his faith and service will be to Bahamut first and foremost. Sasuke was salty as hell about it, but finally acquiesced. Lady Hephaestus agreed, and Dave, Tom, and I joined the Hephaestus Familia. We gained proficiency in smith tools, and Tom's character gained expertise, since he already had proficiency, which was good, since our plan is to make our own weapons and armor to save money. Also, me, Dave, and Tom have a 10% discount on buying raw materials, so that's also nice. Vigaris and Vashidan join Take Mikazuchi's Familia, and Vigaris tries to outswordplay the literal god of battle. It goes about as well as you would think. Everyone laughs at him in character and out of character. All in all, the session was a wash. Some good, some bad. Session 4. Vigaris' Death So, Session 4. Not a lot happens. There's a ball, the gods want to show off their children, and Apollo takes a liking to Vigaris. Long story short, Apollo charms Vigaris, and since Vigaris was a tool to everyone, including Take Mikazuchi, and no one was too keen on helping him. Apollo, I will be blunt, uh, Apollo takes advantage of him. I mean, you can't really say no when you're under a dominate creature spell, and the player rage quits the game. He has his character commit seppuku, and left the group chat. Do I think Sasuke went a little too far? Uh, kinda. Was it necessary to knock Mike's character down a couple pegs, and humble him so he stops being the biggest jerk in a hundred miles? Yes. Also, Luxana left us after not getting to blow anything up. Session 4 was funny, but also infuriating with its railroading. The entire situation where Vigaris was an unbearable jerk to everyone, including the literal gods and goddesses, then had something bad happen to him, and no one would interject because he deserved it was the needed lesson. To be honest, we did not know that Apollo was going to do that to him. We may have intervened if we had known that, because yeah, doing that is crossing the line. But Vigaris needed to be taught a lesson, and it was either that, or my paladin was going to smite him so hard he would wish he was in bed with Apollo. Session 5 A DMPC Too Far Session 5 takes us back into the dungeon, and we have a tag along with us. A member of the Take Mikazuchi Familia is guiding us through the dungeon. Okay, another party member. This can't go wrong, right? Huh, <laughs> I wish. We're yada yada through a bit of the dungeon and come upon a Yeti CR9. 
We are all now level 6 and there's 4 of us. Me, Dave, Tom and Shelby. Okay, not too bad. We get hit with the Yeti's chilling gaze and only Tom breaks free. The Yeti dies eventually and Shelby's character yells at the NPC for not helping us. The NPC, whose name I still do not remember says, Well, I wanted to see how you would fare in combat. I was testing you. If you were going to die, I could have killed it for you. That is right, the NPC could have one-shot a CR9 Yeti. Fun fact, abominable Yetis have an average 137 HP. Dave and I can't say anything because we're stunned, but Vashadan tears into her verbally, basically saying, We do not answer to you, we answer to our gods. Either you are going to help us, or you are going to leave us alone. Those are your options, take them or leave them, I don't care. Us players were really pissed off after that, so we decided to end the session there. With the holidays and schedule issues, we've not been able to play. However, Shelby and I did have a talk with the DM and told him, Look Sasuke, we like you as a person and we like the setting so far, but you need to stop with all the powerful DMPCs and you need to stop rolling for DCs that are not contested. He tried to defend himself, saying, You just don't understand why I'm doing this. And it went back and forth for 30 minutes before me and Shelby finally said, Shut up and listen. It does not matter why. The issue is that you're doing it at all, and if you don't stop, the four of us are going to drop the game. Do you understand us? He finally said yes, so hopefully it's fixed. We have another session tonight, so we'll see. Session 6. A light at the end of the tunnel? Just got out of tonight's session, and it went remarkably well. It was a little rocky due to some miscommunication between the DM and us, mainly because the DM and I were a bit fuzzy-headed because of pain pills. But he stopped rolling for DCs that are not contested and the NPCs, apparently there are two of them now, that was news to us, were not OP enough to one-shot things, and actually helped us fight. Gar was nearly taken out by two nat 20 attacks in a row, but thanks to her barbarian's rage, she survived. Gotta love that damage resistance. All in all, it was a good session. If Sasuke keeps on this track, then I won't be making any more posts about it. But rest assured, I will be making more posts if he starts doing the stupid crap he was doing again. I really hope he doesn't though, because I like the setting. Is the setting worth the pain and struggle? Maybe in the end the DM will improve and everyone will be happy. We'll see. Please tell us of your experiences and comment your reactions below. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel All Things D&D. Our next video will be posted in two days, so stay tuned for more amazing Dungeons & Dragons content.